there, everyone, and welcome to Leap of Faith Podcast. I'm Lorraine, and this is Jeremiah. Hello. How you and doing? I am well. I am very well. Thank you. Everything going all right this crazy Thanksgiving week? Uh, it is. It is a bit crazy, but yeah, we're getting everything in place and uh, ready to, to have a, a good time. Yeah. Can you hear my car? Okay. Did you hear that noise in the background? No. I did not. Was it a bad noise? It was like, like, you know, when the alarm goes off, like I'm sitting there going, just as we started recording, I'm thinking, what did he do? Why would, why would he do that? Yeah. It, I'm saying my son, it, it's taking my car out of the garage and it starts with the alarm. I, anyway, it's done now. So okay. sorry to you listeners out there. I apologize for the craziness of, yeah. So, um, yeah, this is Thanksgiving week, everyone, and uh, probably everyone is preparing for today. Okay, so we're going to give a disclaimer here. So, because tomorrow is Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and Friday is probably, you're not traveling Friday, are you? I'm sorry, I'm, this was just because of no, Thanksgiving, yeah. right? We wanted to... Right, right, right. We want to do this ahead of time. So, we're pre-recording for Friday. So just to let you know, that's what we're doing um, because, the you know, family comes in and, right. you know, we're probably all still, you know, catatonic from all the turkey we're going to eat <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> so we're going to, we're pre, we're pre uh, recording. So we are actually uh, recording uh, episode 60.1 mm-hmm. and this is chapter 31. So that's where we're at for right now. So, so we're going to back up and say thank you to everyone out there who joined us today during this crazy, you might be traveling. We don't even know. Or you know what? You might be listening to this a year from now. We have no idea when you're going to be listening to this particular episode. So, um, but we're just glad that you're able to uh, join us and uh, be a part of this journey that we're on. So one chapter at a time. One chapter at a time, reading the word of God into the world, and we are slowly doing that. So, mm-hmm. um, and it is, it, but you know what? I'm really enjoying, I, I'm sort of trailing behind me and, and uh, Sharon. We're in uh, Esther right now. So we're getting to read that whole story of Esther, which is really mm-hmm. cool. It's really cool. Yeah. The only time I've ever seen anything about Esther was when my kids were watching Veggie Tales. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Did your kids watch Veggie Tales? They did. They did. I love Veggie Tales. Yeah. A lot yeah. of good stories. I still have all the VHS tapes because because you? I I yeah I when my when I have grant whenever the day comes, not anytime soon, but if uh, that day ever does come, uh, I want to watch Veggie Tales with my kids, my grandbabies. There you go. So. That'll be fun. I have DVDs and VHS. So did I tell you, okay, so my original VHS DVD player was like one of those all-in-one dealios from years Mm -hmm. and years ago. Right. The fuse keeps burning out. I don't know much about electronics, but apparently somebody I know who does figured out that this little fuse keeps burning out. So... I happened to be at the Goodwill store and I found a DVD VHS player for like $7.99. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm trying to figure out how, did I talk about this already? No, no. Okay, so I'm trying to figure out how to connect the old VHS DVD player to these new TVs because the new TVs don't have all the same connections anymore. No. There's got to be a way online to watch them, don't you think? What, the VeggieTales? Yeah. Well, what's the fun of that? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, it takes up space and you have trouble connecting it. You got to buy converters and... I know, but it's it's like, you know, it's the experience. Plus, so here's the other part of it too. All of my home videos are on those little cassettes. Yeah, you got to get them off that. I know that. But in order for me to put them in order, I have to watch them to put them in number order so that it all goes correctly. I don't want it to be like just willy-nilly. I want it to be like... Sure. Yeah. Because I'm OCD, you know. Yeah. I mean, we still have VHS, but we, you know, they that's the thing is the tape breaks eventually. And so you got to get it. Costco does it. I know Costco does it, and I have all the little boxes that you I need to send. I have all the tools. I just don't have the time. Yeah. So. Yes. I will get there. I, it's on the ongoing list of to-dos, honestly. Yes. I feel bad because poor Gabriel. Gabriel was born in 2004, which when, was when things were transitioning from film to digital somewhere Mm -hmm. around that area Mm -hmm. so i transitioned to digital and but i was still using film so for about a year or two i still had film in my camera but i stopped making photo albums so Mm -hmm. all my photo albums are the first seven years of joshua and then there's two years of gabriel (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we have the same issue. We have a lot of pictures of Brady as a baby on Facebook. Oh, yeah. You did. Like, and the other kids, not just like they were, you know, six, seven. And so then it's like, why don't you have baby pictures of me on Facebook? Well, because we had film and then we had to, we would have to scan it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Scanning. We have your pictures. Yeah. Just not on you know, Facebook. <laughs> I know. You know, it's so funny because they're complaining they're not on Facebook and, you know, you've got Gabriel who's complaining he doesn't have anything in print. It's yes. like, it's a catch-22. You can't make everybody happy. That's all yeah. there is to it. You yeah. can't. So, it is what it is. I, you know, I, I have, like I said, I, I want to get my, there's three mediums that I am so behind the eight ball on. My photographs. Now, for anybody who's listening uh, out there, I was a an avid photographer and I took gajillions of pictures. And so I have literally boxes of negatives and pictures and whatnot. <clears throat> so I have to go through all of that. Um, so photographs, 
video and my digital music. I, I've lost track of, because there's been like several different ways of downloading mm -hmm. in the last 10 years, 12 years. Uh, there's different ways of purchasing. The There's what are the security crap that they've got on there that you can't, it's, it makes my brain explode. Yeah, I, I do have copies of all the digital music I purchased years and years ago, which is, I don't, I don't ever listen to it. Yeah. Right. Cause it's, it's on a drive somewhere. Yeah. Um, I did, I will say, I think I downloaded it onto one of my phones a while back, but you know, at this point now I use Spotify, so. Yeah, I have not gone into the Spotify realm yet. Yeah. It's good because you can, they have a lot of music, so they don't have everything, but they have a lot of music. You can make your own playlist. You can listen to other people's playlist. Well, I have Amazon Music. Which is pretty much the same thing. It is the same thing. You know, if you go the free route, like I have Amazon Prime, so I can get, I can tap into a lot of it, but then they, you know, kick it up a notch that you can go whatever the next premium or something like that. Premium or something like that. And I have not, I don't, I just don't want to pay seven ninety nine a month I because I know I won't use it that much. So, well, we have a family Spotify, so I know the kids use it way more yeah. than me and they're better at it too. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. They share. I think we listen to both of their Chris, they have Christmas list and other things. And so we, mm -hmm. it's kind of cool that you can do that. So. Yeah. Joshua and Gabriel are both on Spotify. I think Joshua pays the $10 for the good, you know, whatever Spotify. Mm -hmm. I think Gabriel does the free or he taps into Joshua's maybe. I don't mm -hmm. know how that works, mm -hmm. but I don't know how, the, I don't know if they share. I don't know. I don't know. If, how that holds, but I, I am slowly getting to be an old boomer is what it's coming down to. And I'm, you know, I, I remember I, when I, we were working at the, at, when we were at the church, I was like always trying to learn all the new stuff and, you know, keep up on it with you and Craig and, uh -huh. you know, I, I was, I still am interested in keeping up on it. I just don't find I have the time. That's where the yeah, Craig helps me still because I'm trying to be an old boomer. I'm yeah. not a boomer, but I mean, I don't want to learn anything. I'm done. I... But the kids, you know, the kids kind of force me into things. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, you know, trying to keep up on it because of the kids. And again, you know, like, like all the new music that's out there. I mean, I used to be like pretty good at keeping up with, I think we've talked about this, keeping up on all the new music and whatnot. I've kind of settled into Christian music and I don't really know, like I'm, I'm sure Taylor Swift is a phenomenal musician. I couldn't, I don't think I could name that one of her songs. Yeah. I just, you know, or any of those other new people, pink. I don't know anything about pink. Oh, I don't know new. much about, uh, she's old. <laughs> I, I am. I'm just like, I don't know who any of these, like pink has any been the, around for, Probably almost ever 25 30 years well and what's her name uh what's who what's the girl that's married to um 
the name of the girl is married to Blake. What's his name now? She used to be the lead singer for, what was it, No Doubt? Oh, yeah. Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani. She's like 50. She's like mm -hmm. not too far behind me. Mm -hmm. I, a, I don't know how she is in such good shape. I have no idea. I'm like That's thinking, her job. I know, but I just sit there and look at that going, I, I didn't look like that even when I, before I had kids. I didn't look like yeah. that. What else do they do? They they don't need to do anything else but work out. I guess work out and make music. I guess once you get to that point, I don't know, but yeah, I don't know much about their music. I, you know, I mean, uh, there's so many bands out there. I'm like, I'm like, I'm probably ten years behind. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, I am. I know names, but I don't listen to their music. No. There are some things that. I make fun of Cassie because at least I've heard of artists and Cassie's like, why is, why are they doing that? Or why are they on TV or why are they? I was like, well, yeah. they, they make music. Yeah. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, well, <laughs> it was the She-Hulk. Did you watch any of the She-Hulk um, series? You know, no, I did not. Okay. Uh, you know, Marvel is starting to go downhill, I think. I'm sorry. I, I'm really... Did you see the new Wakanda movie? I have yet? not yet. So the boys want to go see that. Yeah. Anyway, but tell me about the She-Hulk. Go ahead. There's... Before we get off. In one of the episodes, this artist named Lizzo is dancing with She-Hulk. Oh, she I has, know Lizzo. Yeah. I know Yeah, her. Cassie didn't know who that was. She's like, who's that lady? I was like, that's yeah. Lizzo. Who's she? She's the one that made the song that they're listening to right now. I've never heard that song. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, she plays the violin, doesn't she? Lizzo? Isn't that the one that plays? She plays the violin and she dances and she's uh, kind she, of voluptuous. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like that was I'm her like, claim to fame that she was, you know, like she, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that's what she was doing on She-Hulk was, was that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. And they made fun I, of Marvel because of that, but, you know. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I paid one more month of Disney, and I think I'm getting rid of it now. I paid two, I paid that $1.99 deal, and then uh -huh. I think I'm going to get rid of Did that. Did you watch Andor? I have not watched Andor, but it's going to be showing up on Hulu soon. Andor? Yeah. I just saw I an like advertisement. It's owned by Disney. It's, it's owned by Disney. Um, yeah, you should watch that. That actually, that's Star Wars. That actually is a really excellent show. Is it like, how many, um, seasons is it? Is it like a whole season or is it like, uh, it's, well, it's going to be five seasons of 12 episodes each. And today was the last was episode 12 of the first season. Oh, okay. All right. So we're only in the first, oh, so this is going to go on for forever. It's going to go on for four more years, and yeah. they're like 30-minute, 30 35-minute episodes. You know, I just... <laughs> getting into another series, I don't know. I'm just, you know... You're a Star Wars fan. And I, no, I, I do. I like... I, no, I did. I, I enjoyed watching all of the shows, you know, all the movies with Gabriel. We went through everything. I think we didn't watch the Rogue One movie yet. Oh. I mean, we've already seen it, but we didn't rewatch it yet. 
Well, you should rewatch it if you're going to watch Andor. Oh, all right. Well, then I will take that into consideration. He goes through like cycles where he doesn't, you know, and you know, he makes me start watching stuff and then he like doesn't. And then I'm like left hanging, mm-hmm. you know, like we re- we started rewatching Ted Lasso because Ted Lasso is going to be um, coming up on its next and last quote season. And oh, you got to watch Ted Lasso. You will no, love no. Ted Lasso. Okay, let me just pay for another Wait, let... streaming. Okay, so let me just say this out loud to our listeners. <laughs> Ted Lasso is a really good show, but it's really profane. It's got a lot of cuss words, F-bombs all the time. So I'm just saying that out loud. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not proud of the fact that I've listened to that kind of language, but the, but the stories are good. Like the whole, like Ted Lasso is a good guy and he's trying to be a good coach and it's really, you know, but there's, you know, the world takes over, you know, and it kind of loses, I don't know, I can't, it's definitely not for Christians. That's all I got to say. There are no curse words in Andor. Really? No. No. So we just watched something recently. What did I just watch? Um, all right, I don't. I don't think they're not going to bring it up. Okay. There's our our our, our pop segment there, right? There. That was our pop segment. Yeah, we started yeah. out. We didn't even dive into our Bible reading yet. I'm so yeah. sorry, everybody. Pop culture I moment. Will, <laughs> I will say this. Okay, so you were talking about cuss words. I'll say it real quick. Okay. So, Gabriel wanted to watch the John Wick series. Did you see mm-hmm. any of the John Wick movies? I'm not. Okay, so John Wick, it's very violent. I fast forward through the fight scenes because it gets just tiresome. Um, you know, we started watching it. and Anyway, I honestly, I believe... I don't think there was any cussing in this series. There might have been maybe one or two cuss words. It's really just very violent mm-hmm. and very underworld and very, you know, it's but I but I actually know another Christian woman. I'm not going to name names who they are, but I mentioned that I was watching this movie and it's not my best friend Sharon. Let me just say that she would never watch John Wick. <laughs> but a mutual friend of ours, she said, she's like, I love John Wick. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And it's coming out with a fourth one. That's yeah. why we were watching the three. We're you know, rewatching it. But I, honestly, I don't remember hearing any cuss words. And I don't think John Wick ever said anything. You know, I mean, that's odd too, you know? Well, I don't think Keanu curses i don't know that i've heard him curse in any other movies he and he may have dropped a word here or there but i think he's usually pretty clean yeah i don't think you know for all the violence you know i don't think i mean i think he's maybe dropped the f-bomb a couple of times maybe mm-hmm. but generally it's you know i mean to use the word clean for his movies is not i would not use clean uh, because the language Maybe. Yeah, language wise, I don't think that he generally cusses. You know? I, I think the blood and guts kind of make up for that already. 
What's that, the violence? Yeah, the violence probably makes up for all that. <laughs> you know, it's amazing to me how many different ways, you know, the whole John Wick series is that he's a legend. You know, he's a legend mm -hmm. in the underworld, you know, assassination world. And, you know, and they all talk about this one story about how he, you know, killed like five people with a, a pencil in a bar or something like that. <laughs> so you gotta wonder, like how many different ways you can you possibly kill people? And he seems to figure out new and inventive ways to do it. It's amazing, but that, so, okay, we have to get off of this because yes. uh, we're, we're not moving, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Fast forward, uh, we should say this like as a disclaimer in the beginning, fast forward through this part of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, let's get to what this is really about and that it is reading the word of God into the world. I'm sure God does not like John Wick. <laughs> what he does. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, let's get back on track. Do you want to open us up in prayer? That sounds so bad for a segue. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Let's let's do that. Let's start with some prayer here. Let's get godly. Let's let's get All some right. Jesus in us. <clears throat> oh, Holy Father, uh, we come before you now and, and lift you up in, in praise and glory and magnificence, Heavenly Father. Uh, we ask that you prepare our minds and our heart for what you have for us today. Uh, Sometimes we get a little off track, Lord, but we're, we're having a good time. And my prayer is that uh, you, you help us get our minds right and our hearts right to accept your word as we, we're about to open it up. Lord, uh, I pray a blessing over all our listeners. And uh, I know that uh, usually weeks that we have a holiday in can be happy and joyful and, and we're seeing people. And my prayers for those uh, to enjoy their blessings and also to pray for those that uh, may feel some sadness. Um, it's not always uh, happy candy canes and rainbows uh, at the holiday season for some people, Lord. Some of us struggle with, with different kinds of, of uh, uh, distractions or issues. And my prayer is that each person that is uh, out there Lord, that they can find some joy in the, the festival and the feast and everything that's that's happening this week, Lord. Uh, whatever joy that they can find, I pray that you lead them to that joy. And for anyone that is going to be feeling sad or lonely, Lord, that you're able to put someone in their life that will help them uh, get through it and be able to, to continue on uh, their journey in in finding you and in growing in a relationship with you, Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for your son, uh, Jesus, who, who died on the cross for our sins so that we can, um, in desperate times, lean on you and the Holy Spirit. And that, and, and Jesus, that you're, you're there to carry us sometimes, uh, the first mile, the middle mile, or even the last mile, uh, that you're willing to, to get us to the place that you want us to be, Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, take us where you want us to go. Let us meet the people you want us to meet. Let us say the words you want us to say and keep us out of your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so uh, I apologize. So my son was texting me in the middle of that prayer. <laughs> 
it's like, okay, Satan, how much more do you want to interject into this conversation? <laughs> so can we um, pause for a second? Is there a possible way to pause? Uh, what chapter are you reading? As if okay. you just finished praying. Okay. So uh, we are now in episode 60.1, and this is episode, uh, I'm sorry, and we're in chapter Genesis 31. So having a little bit of a brain cramp, and I can't find my readers. Ah! Uh -oh. Okay. So um, Jacob is going to flee from Laban because... Uh, of the whole, I guess the whole sheep herd thing, right? Isn't that what we read right, about? Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> but Jacob soon learned that Laban's sons were grumbling about him. Jacob has robbed our father of everything, they said. He has gained all his wealth at our father's expense. And Jacob began to notice a change in Laban's attitude toward him. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your father and grandfather and to your relatives there, and I will be with you. So Jacob called Rachel and Leah out to the field where he was watching his flock. He said to them, I have noticed that your father's attitude toward me has changed, but the God of my father has been with me. You know how hard I have worked for your father, but he has cheated me, changing my wages ten times. But God has not allowed him to do me any harm. For if he said, the speckled animals will be your wages, the whole flock began to produce speckled young. And when he changed his mind and said, the striped animals will be your wages, then the whole flock produced striped young. In this way, God has taken your father's animals and given them to me. One time during the mating season, I had a dream and saw that the male goats mating with the females were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Then in my dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob, and I replied, yes, here I am. The angel said, look up and you will see that only the streaked, speckled, and spotted males are mating with the females of your flock. For I have seen how Laban has treated you. I am the God who appeared to you at Bethel, the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made your vow to me. Now get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth. Rachel and Leah responded, that's fine with us. We won't inherit any of our father's wealth anyway. He has reduced our rights to those foreign women. And after he sold us, he wasted the money you paid him for us. All the wealth God has given you from our father legally belongs to us and our children. So go ahead and do whatever God has told you. So Jacob put his wives and children on camels and he drove all his livestock in front of him. He packed all the belongings he had acquired in Padan Aram and set out for the land of Canaan where his father Isaac lived. At the time they left, Laban was some distance away shearing his sheep. Rachel stole her father's household idols and took them with her. Jacob outwitted Laban, the Aramean, for they set out secretly and never told Laban they were leaving. So Jacob told, I'm sorry, so Jacob took all his possessions with him and crossed the Euphrates River, heading for the hill country of Gilead. 
Laban pursues Jacob. Three days later, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. So he gathered a group of his relatives and set out in hot pursuit. He caught up with Jacob seven days later in the hill country of Gilead. But the previous night, God had appeared to Laban the Aramean in a dream and told him, I'm warning you, leave Jacob alone. Laban caught up with Jacob as he was camped in the hill country of Gilead, and he set up his camp not far from Jacob's. What do you mean by what do you mean by deceiving me like this? Laban demanded. How dare you drag my daughters away like prisoners of war? Why did you slip away secretly? Why did you deceive me? And why didn't you say you wanted to leave? I would have given you a farewell feast with singing and music accompanied by tambourines and harps. Why didn't you let me kiss my daughters and grandchildren and tell them goodbye? You have acted very foolishly. I could destroy you, but the God of your father appeared to me last night and warned me, leave Jacob alone. I can understand your feeling that you must go and your intense longing for your father's home, but why have you stolen my gods? I rushed away before I, because I was afraid, Jacob answered. I thought you would take your daughters from me by force, but as for your gods, See if you can find them and let the person who has taken them die. And if you find anything else that belongs to you, identify it before all these relatives of ours, and I will give it back. But Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the household idols. Laban went first into Jacob's tent to search there, then into Leah's, and then the tents of the two servant wives, but he found nothing. Finally, he went into Rachel's tent, but Rachel had taken the household idols and hidden them in her camel's saddle, and now she was sitting on them. When Laban had thoroughly searched her tent without, I'm sorry, when Laban had thoroughly searched her tent without finding them, she said to her father, please, sir, forgive me if I don't get up for you. I'm having my monthly period. So Laban continued his search, but he could not find the household idols. Then Jacob became very angry and he challenged Laban. What's my crime? He demanded, what have I done wrong to make you chase after me as though I were a criminal? You have rummaged through everything I own. Now show me what you found that belongs to you. Set it out here in front of us before our relatives for all to see. Let them judge between us. For 20 years, I have been with you, caring for your flocks. In all that time, your sheep and goats never miscarried. In all those years, I never used a single ram of yours for food. If any were attacked and killed by wild animals, I never showed you the carcass and asked you to reduce the count of your flock. Now, I'm sorry, no, I took the loss myself. You made me pay for every stolen animal, whether it was taken in broad daylight or in the dark of night. I worked for you through the scorching heat of the day and through cold and sleepless nights. Yes, for 20 years, I slaved in your house. I worked for 14 years, earning your two daughters and then six more years for your flock. And you changed my wages 10 times. In fact, if the God of my father had not been on my side, the God of Abraham and the fearsome God of Isaac, you would have sent me away empty handed. 
but God has seen your abuse and my hard work. That is why he appeared to you last night and rebuked you. Jacob's Treaty with Laban Then Laban replied to Jacob, These women are my daughters, these children are my grandchildren, and these flocks are my flocks. In fact, everything you see is mine. But what can I do now about my daughters and their children? So come, <clears throat> let's make a covenant, you and I, and it will be a commitment, it will be a witness to our commitment. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a monument. Then he told his family members, gather some stones. So they gathered stones and piled them in a heap. Then Jacob and Laban sat down beside the pile of stones to eat a covenant meal. To commemorate the event, Laban called the place Jagar Sahad, I'm sorry, Sahadutha, which means witness pile in Aramaic. And Jacob called it Galid, which means witness pile in Hebrew. Then Laban declared, this pile of stones which will stand as a witness to remind us of the covenant we have made today. This explains why it was called Galid, witness pile. But it was also called Mizpah, which means watchtower. For Laban said, may the Lord keep watch between us to make sure that we keep this covenant when we are out of each other's sights. If you mistreat my daughters, or if you marry other wives, God will see it even if no one else does. He is a witness to this covenant between us. See this pile of stones, Laban continued, and see this monument I have set between us. They stand between us as, as witness of our vows. I will never pass this pile of stones to harm you, and you must never pass these stones or this monument to harm me. I call on the God of our ancestors, the God of your grandfather, Abraham, and the God of my grandfather, Nahor, to serve as judge between us. So Jacob took an oath before the fearsome God of his father, Isaac, to respect the boundary line. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice to God there on the mountain and invited everyone to a covenant feast. After they had eaten, they spent the night on the mountain. Laban got up early next morning, and he kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he left and returned home. Whew, that was a lot. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was a, that was a long read and a lot, of, a lot of family drama there. A lot of family drama, which is kind of funny that we're coming up on Thanksgiving, where we know that that is probably something we'll talk about after this exactly um but um so i kind of i highlighted but i'm gonna let you lead with the highlights because i was too busy reading you were reading a lot i did so i'm gonna let you take over with the with the highlighting okay yes so really i mean i was just trying to highlight what i thought were big points in the story um so i started in verse one <clears throat> about Jacob learning that Laban's sons were grumbling about him and and they said that he had gained all his wealth at her father's expense and Jacob began to notice a change in his attitude toward him. Okay. So very observant from Jacob to realize, you know, I, I'm sure he didn't hear them talk, but he could just see the way that they were maybe treating him a little bit different. 
Okay. So he's, I you did... know, self, Sorry, self-aware. Go I was just going to say he's a little self-aware, which is good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had not highlighted that, but I just did. Um, I went into three and mm-hmm. started highlighting there. Did you do three as well? I did. I, I did. So, when the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your father and grandfathers and to your relatives there, and I will be with you. Yeah. Um, you know, Jacob is very obedient and he's, he's very in tune with what God wants him to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's on top of it. He, he's doing, he's doing what he's supposed to do. So exactly. I highlighted that as well. Um, and again, you know, throughout this whole, you, you mentioned this the last time we did uh, a week ago. Um, he, God always comes to us or came to them and says, you know, um, you know, he always, he always makes sure that he makes it clear that it's him. Right. You know, so I thought that was kind of interesting, um, that he went and spoke to Jacob. You um, know, and just thinking about this is like, you know, some of us, uh, a lot of us that probably listen, don't necessarily get, uh, get along with our in-laws yeah. and, you know, it's like these little things that God does care about. And, you know, he's telling Jacob, you know what? You need to go back to where your relatives are and I'll take care of you as you go. I'll be with you. You know, you don't have to necessarily like your in-laws, but you love them. Yeah. You don't cheat them, but you, you know, you don't have to be there with them. <laughs> no. And you know what? 20 years, that's a long time. Yeah. You know, and he, and he reminds him of that you know, later mm-hmm. on, he says, you know, 20 years. So it's been a long time that he's been dealing with, you know, and Laban hasn't been, you know, that guy. He hasn't been a good guy to him. Right. You know, can constantly switch in, changing the rules, changing the story, changing his wages, whatever. So, you know, Jacob's been very patient, I think, and, mm-hmm. you know, dealt with a lot of stuff. So uh, what do you have next? Uh, well, I have... Pretty much the whole next paragraph where Jacob went to his wives and told us, and, and you know, this is great. This is open communication, right? This is what's going on. And he's, ex, you know, expressing it to Rachel and Leah saying, you know, I've noticed your father's attitude towards me has changed, but the God of my father has been with me. You know how hard I've worked for your father, but he has cheated me to change my wages and, but God has not allowed him to do any harm to me. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he goes on to explain all the things that God has done and, you know, pretty much explaining, you know, I've been patient. I've been through this. I love you. I, I you know, your dad's done this to me, so I'm going to listen to God and move on. Yeah. I just highlighted all of that and underlined it. So yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's given his case to the wives. He's telling mm-hmm. them, this is the, you know, this is what we have to do. Um, you know, the whole thing with the speckled um, animals, right? Yeah, right. In this way, God has taken your father's animals and given them to me. You know, God is, God is taking care of them, you mm-hmm. know, and he's providing for them, you know, and we know that. Um, and the same God that took care of Jacob is going to be taking care of us. 
Right. You know, right. God is the same, you know, yesterday, today, and always. That's that's just the way it is. You know, so we have that promise that he's going to be taking care of us just like he took care of all these other people way back in the day. So um, what else did you have? And so I just, I, I went down to, to 14 where, yep. um, you know, both Rachel and Leah say, this is fine with us. We won't inherit our father's wealth anyways. He's reduced our rights, treating us foreign women. So, you know, what, what I love about this conversation, like, obviously we don't know the whole extent of the conversation, right? And this kind of gives us the generalization of what, what happened and what they talked about. But, uh, you know, what I noticed is, like, Jacob didn't demand his wives and children do this. You know, it's almost presented as, hey, this is my case. This is what God's told me. And then the response was, you know, we get it. That's fine with us. We've noticed this, too. And, um, you know, for all the wealth God has given you from our father legally belongs to us and our children. So go ahead and do whatever God has told you. So, you know, they're in agreement yeah. Husband and wife are in agreement with each other about what needs to happen to basically keep them sane. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, well, and actually I backed up a little bit, um, you know, into 11 uh, when he says, then in my dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob, and I said, yes, here I am. The angel says, look up and you will see that the only streak speckled spotted uh, mating with your flock. Um, for I have seen how Laban has treated you. And then it goes into, I am the God who appeared to you at Bethel. We read that a couple of chapters mm -hmm. ago. Um, and uh, the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made your vow to me now get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth i mean he's saying you know i am the god who appeared to you and i'm telling you get get going yeah. um so i highlighted 13 i highlighted 14 and the girls the wives they're realizing that their dad is bad you know mm. that their dad kind of you know they're saying you know we won't inherit any of our father's wealth anyway he was reduced our rights to those of the farm women. Basically, we're lower than the farm women. And after he sold us, he wasted his money, the, the money you paid him for us. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, all the wealth God has given you from our father legally belongs to us and our children. So we know that we have wealth through the God who you serve. Mm -hmm. And basically, they're aligning themselves with Jacob. Like yeah. you said, they're all on the same page. And that, to keep that's peace. good in a marriage. <laughs> well, and to keep peace in their family. Exactly. You know, so they're all in agreement with that. So, and I actually did highlight 17, 18 and 19. Okay. Did you do any of that? I got the end of 19. So Jacob put all his wives and children on camels and he drove all his livestock in front of him. He packed all the belongings he had acquired in Padam Aram and set out for the land of Canaan where his father Isaac lived. So he's going back to Isaac. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, they, at the time they left, Laban was some distance away shearing a sheep. 
And this I thought was interesting. Rachel yes. stole her father's household idols and took them with her. I thought that was kind of odd. Is that why you highlighted it? I did. You know, it, I, I, I know that this is going to come into play later. But, you know, it's, it's interesting that when we decide to follow, uh, this is how I took it. You know, when we decide to follow God, you know, in this case, they're following Jacob, who's following God. You, you, some people have a tendency to, to grasp onto the past mm. and take it with you. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm assuming that's what she's doing. You know, she knows she's admitted, you know, God's taking care of you. God has given this up from our father, your wealth and everything. You've been blessed, but I'm going to take this with me just in case kind of thing. So it's like, it's, it's not fully letting go of, of her past and what she's been taught. So it was just oh, interesting to me. That's, uh, that's an interesting take. I did not, I did not take it that way. I was taking it like she was taking that as kind of like an insurance policy for something in the future. Like mm -hmm. somehow it's gonna, it's going to be like a bargaining tool or something. That's what I was thinking. Mm. So, Maybe it was. I don't know. I mean, yeah. we're going to find out. Well, we won't find out until Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, sometimes, you know, like what I have found, sometimes it never comes back up again. You right. know, stuff that we like kind of ping on, don't, it never, never pops back up again. So we might just be chasing nothing with that. But I have a funny feeling. I like what your thoughts are that she's taking, I, I, you know, when you go back to like, when you moved out of your parents' house, like I know when I moved away from my mom's house, I took stuff, but with her permission, like I didn't just go like randomly taking things, but right. things that I remembered that were like part of the past that were significant, that were reminders of good times, mm -hmm. you know, even if it was just like corning ware, you know, like the stuff you use to bake with, you know, or, right, right. you know, there were some things that were my dad's that I took that were like his old Pyrex, you know, measuring cups or his rolling. I saw my dad's rolling pin. You know, these are things like that were kind of, you know, just reminded me of better, simpler times. Yeah. So maybe that's is what she was doing. I was thinking in terms of maybe God told her to take it and, you know, to use as a, a bargaining chip for something. I don't know what. So I don't know. We'll find out, right? Yep. Uh, what I did 22. Did you do anything? Before <laughs> no. That? no. Okay. Did you do 22? No, I didn't highlight again. Well, I did a little bit of 23 and then 24. Okay. So I did three, uh, 22, three days later. Laban was told that Jacob had fled. So now he's got the information that Jacob's gone, mm -hmm. right? So he gathered a group of his relatives and set out, I love this, in hot pursuit. Yes, that's what I highlighted. <laughs> love it. How hot uh, was that pursuit? I know, like on camels, how fast could they go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like you got a pack, you know you're going to be gone probably for a couple of weeks at least. Like how do you know? How much is it? like when I go for a trip, I'm not going in hot pursuit. I'm like, oh my gosh, did I get this? Did I get that? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Hot pursuit. And it took him seven days. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, uh, but the previous night, God had appeared to Laban the Aramean in a dream and told him, I'm warning you, leave Jacob alone. So he's given him fair warning. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And then I didn't do anything until 29. What did you do? I didn't do anything until 29 either, but this whole paragraph here, um, you know, you kind of see Laban's, even though Laban hasn't been the, the, the nicest guy or the fairest guy, and Jacob has. Jacob's always been patient and like, okay, we'll work this out. So Laban kind of has a point here. Like, why are you doing this to me? You're, this is not your character, leaving in the middle taking my family away from me. I mean, his, his daughters and his grandchildren, even though maybe he probably didn't treat them the best. Not that he would have given him a festival, but you know, you're taking his family away and didn't even give him the chance to kiss them. I kind of see that. Yeah. You know, yeah, I can see it, you know, but I also see how Jacob could feel, you know, it's like, you know, if sure. I give you a warning, you would have done something to keep me for another 20 years. You know, you know, I think both both of them are have a point and both are kind of, you know, they both have good points. Because it would have been, yeah, I agree with Jacob well, too. That would have been the case. Well, and actually to back up, to go back up to 20 or not to 20, to 13, you know, God appears to him and says, go back to the place of your birth. Go back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Jacob could easily just tell Laban, Hey, God told me, he said, I have yeah. to go back, you know, so that could have been his answer. You know, I'm, I'm just being obedient to what God's telling me to do. Mm -hmm. So that, that would have been, you know, that would have been what he should have said to him. But yeah. so in 29, mm -hmm. Laban says, I could destroy you, but the God of your father appeared to me last night and warned me to leave Jacob alone. Um, I can understand your feeling that you must go and your intense longing for your father's home, but why have you stolen my gods? That's interesting. Mm. His idols. Yep. That's, so, and okay. So another, a little hitch to this Laban is, is part of their family, right? If we, if we go back, isn't Laban his uncle? Yes. Or was at least, um, Isaac's uncle. So I guess so, yeah. I mean, so they're, they're related, right? So why is it that he's got idols? Why would he have idols in his house? He should be only uh, worshiping the God of his ancestors, right? Yes, but doesn't this happen a lot where... Yeah. You know, you kind of slowly but surely go on to the other side. You take up customs of those around you and then all of a sudden you're in the middle of it. Well, that's what happens. That's what the that's the story mm -hmm. of the Israelites. We're gonna we're gonna find that out later on. Yeah. I mean the whole yeah. So anyway, I'm just pointing that out. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we turn the page. I didn't highlight anything again until thirty six. So what did you get? Uh, well, I got in thirty two. This is you know part of Joseph Jacob's speech back saying you know uh, I rushed away. I was afraid. But as for your gods, see if you can find them because. You know, he doesn't know that Rachel took him. And he's like, why would I take those? Right. 
you know, and it's like, let them die for whoever took them because they're supposed to be following God, not these other idols. And so, you know, he's standing in righteousness saying, well, I didn't take them and no one that's following me should have. Yeah. Um, and then we'll bring it in front, in front of everybody and say, you know, let them be the judge. Yep. Of course, him not knowing that <laughs> Rachel had stolen the idols. Well, yeah. And he's putting, basically saying, you know, whoever took that, whatever, whoever took them, uh, let them die. So he's yeah. basically giving Rachel a death wish here. Exactly. You know, and, so, yeah. And then I highlighted in 35, you know, after he's, uh, Laban searching all the tents and, <laughs> and Rachel's hiding them underneath her saying, forgive me yeah. if I don't get up for you because I'm on my monthly period. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, you know, I never come across anybody using that as an excuse, but you know, maybe it happens. Well, I know, but you know what, actually, you know, women who are, um, in their they're, monthly, they're considered, um, unclean. unclean. Yeah. yeah. So they're not supposed to even be like close to them. Right. So I get it. You know, this is her way of saying, stay away from me and stay away from my camel because you're not searching it. Yeah. So she was keeping him away using <laughs> that excuse. So, um, and then I, in 36, Jacob became very angry and he challenges Laban. What's my crime? Mm -hmm. What have I done wrong to make you chase after me as though I were a criminal? Um, did you have anything else in that section? No, I mean, this whole speech by, by Jacob is again, he's in the right. Yeah. You know, he didn't, he didn't do anything wrong, but follow his God. And he was afraid for his family. Yeah. Yeah. And he took care of all of his sheep and his goats and, yep. you know, he took responsibility. <laughs> if anything was killed, he took the, the hit for it. Right. Exactly. So, and I didn't highlight again until 42. That's exactly what I highlighted. Yeah. So go ahead. Uh, in fact, if the God of my father had not been on my side, the God of Abraham and the fearsome God of Isaac, you wouldn't have sent, you would have sent me away empty handed, but God has seen your abuse and my hard work. And that is why he appeared to you last night and rebuked you. Exactly. So again, he's leaning on God saying, this is, this is how, you know, I did all these things for you and God blessed me. You didn't bless me. Nobody else did, but my God took care of me. That's right. That's exactly right. Wow. So then we go into, so Laban's trying to make peace here, I guess. Yeah. Um, and get a treaty with Jacob. Did you, I didn't highlight anything until 44. What did you, what did you do? I, I just highlighted that these women are my daughters. These children are my grandchildren and the flocks are my flocks. In fact, everything you see is mine, but what I can't, what can I do now about my daughters and their children? Kind of like, I mean, it's kind of a apology. Let's make a covenant, but kind of not. He's still saying, you know, this is, it's all mine. Yeah. Still, it's all mine. Yeah. But I'll like, let you go. Yeah. He's laying claims to everything, even though Jacob honestly earned everything that he has yeah. through God, basically, mm -hmm. you know, through the, right? Exactly. 
but he does say, come, let's make a covenant, you and I. I think what's happening here maybe is that Laban's realizing that he better make a covenant with the guy who's in good with God. Yeah. Because if he doesn't, there's going to be repercussions for him. So I think mm -hmm. he's just trying to, you know, cover his, his hiney is what he's trying to do. Yeah. Right? Right. So then I went into the end of 46. Did you do anything else before that? No. Uh, then Jacob and Laban sat down beside the pile of stones to eat a covenant meal. Uh, and then I went into 48. Did you do any anything else? In... No, not till the end of 49 and 50. So then Laban declared, this pile of stones will stand as a witness to remind us of the covenant we have made today. So that's the, you know, that's the reminder. Mm -hmm. And then he says, may the Lord keep watch between us to make sure that we keep this covenant when we are out of each other's sight. If you mistreat my daughters or if you marry otherwise, God will see it even if no one else does. He is a witness to this covenant between us. So mm -hmm. I, I, I can't imagine him. I don't know why he would say anything about Jacob mistreating his daughters. <laughs> I, I think it's just that more shots in there. You know, you're, yeah, it, Laban is trying to keep the power in the relationship and you know the fact that jacob's never done it but part of this covenant is going to be like unless you do something i'm still going to be in charge i'm the one that's going to you know yeah be the so bully, you're putting so. it on him basically right. saying well if you do anything wrong this is on you and god's going to know it right mm -hmm. exactly even though we know jacob's not going to do anything wrong mm -hmm. um I didn't highlight again until 53. I did either. Uh, I call on the God of our ancestors. So this is Laban speaking, right? And yep. he says, the God of your grandfather, Abraham, and the God of my grandfather, Nahor, to serve as judge between us. Yeah. I find that fascinating. I mean, I guess um, if, if you're doing a covenant, you know, I want your God to look out for, for it. And then I want my God to look out for it. So it's just interesting. But it's I, the I, same I, God. Is it? Well, yeah, because it's capitalized. Abraham, the God of Abraham and the God of, yeah, because Nahor. Oh, grandfather. Oh, okay. I was thinking the name of that other God was Nahor, but that, okay, that makes sense. No, his grandfather, the God of Nahor, yes, is his grandfather. So it's the same God. It's our God. It's the one God. Right. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yes. So so never he's mind. Just making, yeah. I'm going to okay. take back those words. <laughs> you can edit that out. No, I'm kidding. Nahor is the name of his grandfather. Correct. Ah, see, that makes a lot more sense to me. I wondered why yeah. that was in there. No. So it's the same God. You know, and he's just making sure that this is the covenant right, and he's calling right. on the same God. Okay. So Jacob took an oath before the fearsome God of his father, Isaac, to respect the boundary lines. Uh, then Jacob offered a sacrifice to God there on the mountain and invited everyone to a covenant feast. And they had, after they had eaten, they spent the night on the mountain. And then Laban got up early the next morning and he kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. 
Then he left and returned home. Yep. So that's basically it. Uh, it seems very peaceful. I don't think we hear anything about those idols again. So maybe that was just a passing thing. I don't yeah. know. <clears throat> it's an interesting thing that we can, I mean, it's in there for a reason, but we can, we'll see if it comes up. And if it doesn't, it's just left for us to kind of get what we get from it. Just get, yeah. I mean, just let it go. I mean, either way, I mean, either it's, uh, it's a comfort thing for you, you know, comfort of things of the past, or it could have been a bargaining tool. We don't know. Yeah. So, and maybe it does pop up again. Uh, you know, I think Rachel is very smart. Um, you know, she's kind of like, um, you know, all the wives, most of them are very wise, I think. Yeah. I think they're looking out for the future a lot more than the men. Yeah. And, you know, and God knows that he chose these women specifically for, uh, these godly men to stand by them. So, you know, there is a place for women, you know, obviously, you know, God, puts that's why he created man and woman because oh, yeah you know accountability partner i remember listening to robert always say you know god speaks to me through my wife <laughs> you know <laughs> and, well and it's it's interesting how i know like the world paints a picture that women are more emotional um but you know it's not about female or male. I think it's just personality type because I'll be honest, Cassie is so very much more forward thinking and I am the emotional one in this relationship yeah. and I make rash decisions. I can, or I can allow, if I'm not careful, my emotions get the better of me and I freak out or whatever. And then she's the one that's, eh, let's think about this or, you know, let's work through this uh, in a calming kind of way. Yeah. You know, I probably go, I, I probably go both ways. I am emotional, um, especially when you hit on a nerve that is very um, pertinent to me. Mm -hmm. So I tend to get a bit emotional when it's something, yeah, that kind of, but there are other times where it's like, I am the voice of, of reason, like you said. So <clears throat> I kind of go back and forth. But do you find that you, you, you play that compliment with your spouse, right? Um, most of the time. Yes. Sometimes, right. sometimes he's the one that's, uh, hitting the nerve. So, <laughs> well, but I mean, but it like, <clears throat> I know in our relationship, like the reason why we are just, it, it, it's work, obviously our relationship, but like when I need uh, stability, like she fills that gap. Yeah. But it does go the other way. Yeah. You know, there are times where I can be more rational and more level headed and she gets emotional or gets stressed yeah. or whatever it is. And a lot of times, I mean, I do it more than she does, but, but we play, we're able to sense that. And, yeah. and lift the other up when those situations arise. Yes, I agree. And, and that's, I believe that's a God thing, you know, mm -hmm. that God puts mm -hmm. us in that position to balance that out. You know, when, yes. you know, when I know that, you know, Rich has said something 
you know, whatever, dealing with the kids or whatever it is, you know, uh, and I'll be like, you know, you really should take a step back, you know, <laughs> you know, but then there's other times where it's like, I'm not, you know, and I'm, yeah. I'm so wonky and he's like, do you really think that you, you know, so yeah, there is a balance. Funny story. I'll get this in right here real quick. So last night we're driving in HEB, picking up my daughter and in the car, I, I drive a lot, but in the car, I'm usually I, like, people don't get on my nerves. I mean, they do, but I don't, I don't make references or I don't raise my hand or, you know, I don't do anything in a car to someone else. I'm usually pretty good about that. When I'm driving, Cassie will do things that I kindly ask her not to do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but last night I was in the passenger seat and someone just kind of stopped in the parking lot. It was just annoying. And I wasn't even really mad, but we drove around them. So I put up my shoulders like, what are you doing? And then he honked at us. <laughs> Cassie's like, I would appreciate if you didn't do those things while I'm driving. It's, you know, it's usually the opposite, but I was like, ah, I just felt, I felt kind of, salty at the time and i was like and i wasn't you know i really didn't care about that but i was just yeah you know, you know we do get uh we do that you know in the car i tr i'm like you i try and i used to be that person i used to mm -hmm. be like you know but uh after you hear of all these uh was it road rage yeah, and these incidents yeah, yeah. where people i mean it's so ridiculous so and i gotta say i've heard that texas has gotten bad i've heard san antonio's gotten worse but there's oh, yeah. the San Diego drivers out here are, I mean, they are maniacal. They really are. I mean, I, I, and I, I've told my kids, I think we might've talked mm -hmm. about this. I've said, mm -hmm. you know, a, our rule is nothing good happens after 10 o'clock and right. the drivers get worse as it gets later. But what I'm finding is they're even crazier at any time. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, I was taking Rich to the airport and I, I can't tell you, there must've been three or four different times where I almost either got sideswiped or they came within inches of my bumper. I mean, they're just like cutting in and I back off. Yep. You know, I will back off and, you know, not be that. And I really try not to, you know, but there's been incidents where I'm just, I do that. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, what yeah. was that? Yeah. Yeah. Last night I just felt kind of like, ah, I'm going to do it. I, and, and, you know, of course the other car doesn't know I'm joking or if I'm, you know, I was in a good mood. I was just, like I said, I just wanted to be a little salty to somebody. Yeah. So. It, you know, it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. and this particular people are, their anxiety is on high octane. I mean, yeah. really, you know, you really, really have to be careful uh, out there. Well, with, you don't know what's going on. And that's what I, I tell the kids. Like, you don't know what's going on in their life. Maybe someone got hurt and they're trying to get to someone. You, you never know. It's not an excuse, but, you know, there's something going on that we don't know. Well, exactly. And you never know what the situation is. And, I, you know, you really try to be as uh, gracious as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, you know, it is what it is. You just, and it's not, you're not perfect. There's, you know, there is no perfection. There is never, you're no. never going to be, you know, in every situation making the right choice. You're going to do what you can and try to keep a level head in whatever. And it's not just driving in any scenario, you know, right. so anyway.
So uh, we can keep talking, but we do need to give people the opportunity, like we always do. We, we do try to stay to our normal uh, format. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you have not made uh, a choice for Jesus, if you have not chosen to be a follower of Christ, uh, we always give every time we have a podcast the opportunity to say the prayer of salvation. So uh, I will lead the prayer. Uh, if you haven't made a choice for Jesus and you feel like God's calling you, then uh, this is your opportunity. And if you're a believer, uh, you can say it too. Uh, if you're still hanging in there with us, we hope you are. Uh, and uh, uh, you can reaffirm your belief. So uh, let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, today I put my trust in you. I am not perfect and know that I have sinned against you. Please forgive me. I thank you for the sacrifice of your one and only son, Jesus, on the cross. It's his perfect and spotless blood that covers all of my sins, past, present, and future. On this day, I accept him as my Lord and Savior into my heart and will live my life for him. Thank you for my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, we congratulate you. This is a celebration. Uh, I always tell you to mark it in your Bible for today's uh, reading, that today's your new birthday in Christ, and uh, to get to a pastor or to a church, somebody right who can away, help yeah. you to navigate to the next step. Uh, we say this all the time. Um, this is not a spectator sport. You don't just say the prayer and then just sit. You've got to get in there and start living for Christ. So get to a get to uh, maybe a Bible study. That's a good way to start. Um, you can do mission work. You can work for the church, whatever. You can volunteer. Uh, whatever God is leading you to do, go to it. But we also would love to hear from you. If you did get saved today, uh, feel free to email us. Uh, Jeremiah will give us that information. Lorraine at leapoffaithpodcast.org. Jeremiah at leapoffaithpodcast.org. You can go to our Facebook page, Leap of Faith Podcast, our Instagram page as well. Uh, let us know what's going on. Uh, share us. Let people know this is what's what's going on in your life and that you're just trying to build a, build a chapter a day. And That's right. Let's, let's help everybody get on board. There you go. So... All right. Well, there it is. Uh, we are winding down this episode. We are slowly getting there. We've gone way over what we normally do, um, but uh, we will do the little things. And uh, so what I'd mentioned prior, I think this was the day, I think I did Sunday episode for Friday. So Jeremiah and I got uh, side railed. We don't know what happened, but uh, we could not post that episode. And we were talking about forgiveness um and we know we've been wronged uh mm -hmm. we have wronged people it's not just sure. you know it goes both ways yep. um in our family we always uh well and whether i did it right or wrong i don't know i hope that i did do it right in the early days but um you know when we would punish our kids if they did something wrong we set them in the bathroom to sit and think about it uh they got corrected and um but they had to also ask for forgiveness for what they did and they had to mm -hmm. say what they did wrong you can't just say i'm sorry you right. had you know i'm so sorry for 
whatever it was, talking back to you. Uh, and um, they had to ask for forgiveness. Could you please forgive me? And then as the person, we would forgive. So that was our little ritual of how we did it. Um, I know that you said recently you had some stuff going on with your family. Yeah, we do. We, we always try to talk it out typically as a family. Um, because the longer, like the, the longer things you hold it in, it just gets worse and it gets worse in your head a lot of times. Oh yeah. But, but you know, a lot of times I think one of the lessons that we learn as we get older and, and wiser is that sometimes we do need to forgive without being asked for an apology, whether it's someone's not willing to do it or, you know, sometimes they don't even know that they've offended you. And if you don't tell them, you know, you, you'll never get an apology because they don't, or they don't understand it. So one thing that I know that we've learned, um, and it's not always easy. It's not is to, to, to forgive them for what they did or what you thought they did or how they handled something. And that that's a hard thing to do uh, a lot of times because it feels like it's easier sometimes to hang on to something. But, you know, I think you will, we've talked about this. Like when you do forgive someone, it's not always about them. A lot of times it's about, about yourself. Yep. Cause that feeling of holding on to this thing really eats at you. And the longer and longer you let it fest, the worse yeah. it gets. Well, and that, you know, uh, you're releasing yourself from any of that angst by, you know, right. in your heart, you just look at them and, you know, I, you and I have talked about, you know, plenty of, I'm, there are plenty of people that I know who've done me wrong. Uh, I choose to, now, let me just say this. There are some people that I have chosen uh, I've forgiven them, uh, but I don't necessarily engage in a relationship with them anymore. Right. So, you know, if, if you feel like that person has, you know, wronged you to a point where it's not good for you to be in a relationship with them anymore. Now, sometimes you can't help it because sometimes they're family members, right. you know, right. so there's, you know, it's, it's a slippery slope. It really is. It's a, it's a slippery little slope. Um, I did write down a couple of little notes that I, I wanted to say. So going back to the forgiveness part of it. So I was listening to a, a um, pastor. He was preaching. And he was saying that if you go back to the very first time where Satan deceives Adam and Eve in the garden, he was saying that if you read that really carefully, uh, Satan pretty much tells you how he's going to destroy you. And, and the biggest way that he wants to do that is to by discrediting your witness. Mm. <clears throat> so, uh, and for me, let me just say this out loud. And my kids, they, they'll call you out on it every time. Every time you fall, they will call you out on it. Oh, well, you're being a really good Christian. Yeah. How many times have we heard that from people, right. you know, when you've lost it, when you've been pushed to the absolute end of your rope 
And I've been there, trust me, more times than I would ever like to even admit it. And, you know, your credibility is all you have. And when you, you know, you, you lose it, you yell, you maybe cuss a little bit. And I've been there. I've got my t-shirt that says, you know, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little, you know, but that's the way Satan works. He discredits your witness by, mm -hmm. you know, getting under your skin that way. And he uses the people you love the most to get under your skin, to get discredited. I mean, it's amazing. And they don't even know that they're being used by him. They don't even know it. That's right, how right. sneaky and deceiving he is. You know, but the first thing you have to admit is that there is a Satan and that he does do those things. And it's not that we're saying you're possessed by all no, means. No, yeah. That's not the case. He just, <laughs> he gets into your head and he gets into their heads and I don't know how he does it, but he does. And we fall for uh, it every time on both sides. Yeah. Not every time, but I mean, there's, you know, it's that moment where we're just not maybe conscious of it or really thinking about it. And then we're like, oh gosh, really? Yeah. He's the mighty deceiver. He is the, yeah. he is the father of lies. That's what he does. And I think I've said this before and I'll say it again. And if I say it again and again, I will, you know, forgive me for being repetitive, but Satan's best magic trick was convincing the world that he doesn't exist. And that's where we're at. People don't believe in Satan anymore. And yep. he is all in it. I mean, he is all in it and everywhere. So, you know, you, and so we're going to segue into the whole, we're going into Thanksgiving. You're going to have people at your house. Probably you're going to have family members at your house. You're going to have your uncle Joe who did something stupid 20 years ago or whatever. You know, you're still harboring bad feelings for him. I, whatever, you know, I said to my sister yesterday, we were talking about it because she's having a group of people there at her house and, she, and she and I are both, you know, you're all about wanting to witness. You all want, you know, to be a good example of, you know, good Christ-like behavior. Um, but the rules of engagement in family gatherings are stay out of politics, stay out of religion. You know, whether you believe in Jesus or you don't believe in Jesus or you believe in Buddha or whatever it is, stay away from it. You know, there's a lot of politics going on right now, right? There's, oh my gosh, you know, cancel culture and, you know, Black Lives Matter and all this. And I'm not saying good or bad about it either way, because we promised in the beginning of this, right? In the beginning right. of this ministry, we said we'd stay away from any political talking right? Yes. But stay away from it. Try to keep it positive. Try to be happy and, right. you know, and try to use, you know, as much forgiveness as you can during, yeah. just try to enjoy the holidays and Thanksgiving. I think sometimes it's, it's these gatherings too are about just showing love. Showing we're, love. We're different. This happens, that happens, but you know what? I love you. Let's eat together. Let's celebrate together. And let's yeah. just love. Well, and also, and I said this to my sister too, as the hosts, and it's hard because you're not everywhere. You're usually in the kitchen cooking or whatever. You know, most people I think are figuring it out that they try to get most of their cooking done early <laughs> so you can enjoy people's company. But as the host, you can try to redirect people, you know, 
hey, I really respect that uh, you believe that, but let's, yeah, whatever, you know, try to, I don't know how to, I'm not good at that. I'm really bad at mediating and I'm, you know, I'm not tactful at all. So I'd be like, you know what, put that on the shelf. We're not, we're not here for that right now. We're right. here to just be happy. Right. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. All right. Well, we've gone really long. Uh, you know, it's been a while here that we've been sitting here on this. And so we're going to say happy Thanksgiving. Actually, this is happy past Thanksgiving because you should be listening to this after, but because it's going to be posted on Friday. So, uh, I guess this is kind of silly. Maybe we should post it tomorrow. Oh, we could. I don't see why not. I don't know. We'll have to be, I don't know. We'll talk about it, but you may see this on Thanksgiving day. I don't know, but whatever it is that you get to watch it. Yeah. I don't know. Morning, noon, night on Thanksgiving day after whatever, but God bless you. Mm. Happy Thanksgiving. And I will see you Friday or Monday. I don't know. We'll figure it out. All right. I'll see you next week. <laughs>